When talk of Canadian health care emerges in U.S. political debate, the spin often turns to long lines and waits for medical care and shortchanged quality. But new research indicates more equity and efficiency for our neighbors to the north than here in the U.S. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Mark Kaplan. Dr. Kaplan is a professor of community health at Portland State University and holds adjunct appointments in psychiatry at the Oregon Health and Science University and in epidemiology and community medicine at the University of Ottawa. He received his doctorate in public health from the University of California, Berkeley, and holds master's degrees in social work and public health and postdoctoral training in preventative medicine at the University of Southern California. He has written widely on public health issues and has testified before Congress on veterans' health issues and was appointed by the U.S. Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs to be a member of the expert panel on the Blue Ribbon Work Group on Suicide Prevention and the Veteran Population. We're so happy to have him joining us today from his offices in Portland, Oregon. Mark Kaplan, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you, Bruce. Well, it's great to have you here, and I know that this is an exciting topic, especially in the political debate we've had in the last few months, because a lot of people think they know what they know about Canadian health care based on, you know, political spin. But tell our listeners a little bit about the research that you've been doing and where this could be further explained. Let me start out by addressing a couple of points concerning the myths and realities of Canadian healthcare. One is the long lines. That is topic number one and criticism number one when you hear about the Canadian healthcare system on both sides of the border. In fact, there's a sector in Canada that's also been quite critical of its own healthcare system, also known as Medicare. But unlike the U.S. Medicare system, it covers everyone from early in life to late in life. One of the myths that uh, needs to be addressed is the question of waiting. And while waiting is true, it is a reality in Canada. People do wait. The difference between their waiting and our waiting, waiting there is not determined by one's income level, unlike the U.S., sometimes called rationing. In Canada, health care is rationed on the basis of need, as opposed to people do wait in this country. Unfortunately, we don't see those waiting lines. When people queue up in the U.S., it's because they lack the resources to be able to seek care. And more often than not, their main entree into the healthcare system is through the emergency department. That's not the case in Canada. A couple of other myths, uh, and I'll just to quickly run this by you. One is the question of Canadians flocking to the South for healthcare. Well, it turns out, in, uh, based on some research that a group of Canadian researchers did a few years ago, based on results from a national health survey, where they asked whether Canadians would go to the U.S. to seek health care. It turns out that the percent is a fairly small. It's under 1% of Canadians, very, very small numbers of Canadians who go to the South for health care. And more often than not, these are snowbirds who were vacationing, who were spending their winters in the U.S., who had to seek emergency care in the U.S. The other one is the numbers of physicians and health care practitioners who flock to the greener pastures of the South to practice. And it turns out that those numbers are also quite 
quite small. So number one, are waiting lines long in Canada? Perhaps they are, but they're determined by need, not by income. Two, do Canadian patients flock to the South for health care? They do. They're already here. Often it's emergency care that they're seeking. And third, do health care providers, Canadian health care providers, flock to the South to practice? And in that case, what we see is that those numbers are relatively small. And I think that for even our physician listeners out there, I think that during the political debate, I think this is very important because sometimes there are people who look to the Canadian model that there are some good things going on with it. And if you get rid of some of the noise, like some of the things you're talking about, I think you can take this to sort of the next step in talking about actually how the system works. Right. Well, two principles that I think need to be addressed. One is efficiency, and the other one is equity. And efficiency, if you compare us with them, I don't think we do very well. In fact, comparing our system or systems, we don't have one system. The notion that we have a healthcare system, I think, is a myth. We have many systems. We have the best of care for some, and we have the worst of care for others. And compared to how how well the system operates, our system is far less efficient than the Canadians. For example, this is one of many. Typically, when a patient goes into a Canadian community health center, there is one payer. In other words, the government pays the bill. Here, typically, a patient goes into a healthcare facility, and hospitals often have to deal with up to 1,500 insurance companies. We devote a considerable amount of our national resources, healthcare resources, resources on just shuffling papers. It's very bureaucratic, very administrative, with very little of that money going for the delivery of quality care. So in the end, as I see it, we wind up paying more but feeling worse in the aggregate. And keep in mind that there are some in this country who can actually claim they get the best of care in the world, and that's probably true. But in terms of its distribution, we have experienced a huge problem with the inequality of the quality of care that's provided in And I think when people talk about the single payer and they say government run and so forth, what you're saying is that when you do go into the physician's office, they do not have to deal with all the headaches because when you're talking the single payer and the government run, it's the one thing. Now, are they also set up for electronic medical records up there? That's a little bit outside of my area of expertise, but what little I know is that because there's a single payer, a lot of that is centralized relative to the U.S. They don't run into problems. You know, I can only look at the outcome of all that. Uh, in other words, if you look at how well the two systems perform, and I can say based on analyses of the two countries that by and large, when people go in for comparable conditions for similar procedures, that the outcomes in Canada relative to the U.S. are as good, if not better, than the U.S. For example, life expectancy is longer in the U.S. They perform better at that. And another issue that is often lost in the debate on health care, because we're simply looking at the delivery of illness care, is the question of public health. And what Canadians have done remarkably well is that they start early in life with a fairly equal chance of living longer than Americans, typically, and women who are pregnant have have greater access and more equitable access to prenatal care. 
we have, as you probably know, far too many women in the U.S., economically disadvantaged women who unfortunately don't gain access to prenatal care into their second or even into their third trimester. Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Dr. Mark Kaplan, who's a professor of community health at Portland State University, and we're talking about Canadian health care, and it emerges from time to time in U.S. political debate, and the spin often is, what a horror of horror, and long lines and weights it is up there, and what Dr. Kaplan is telling us is the fact that there are a lot of good things going on, and the research that you've done indicates more equity and more efficiency. Can you give us some key areas, perhaps, in your research where there have been some misnomers in the U.S. where definitely heads and shoulders they're more efficient than the U.S. Let's take, for example, access to uh, specialty care in medicine. We did a study based on data. There was a joint survey done in the U.S. and Canada, identical questionnaire conducted in both countries. It's one of the only studies ever done like that. One of the questions was access to specialist. And what we found was that in the U.S. relative to the Canadian, that uh, would determine whether you see a specialist is determined primarily by your income level, household income level, above and beyond medical need. That is, we adjusted, statistically adjusted for that. In Canada, the situation was the opposite. Above and beyond income, medical need determined. In other words, maybe the primary care provider played a key role in determining who sees a specialist. The importance of that is that it makes the system more efficient and it also introduces an element of equity into the delivery of specialty care. I think that that's probably a good example. On the idea of the primary care physician having so much control, how is that? All the doctors are salaried, they're empowered more. I mean, well, first of all, physicians by and large, their salary levels are lower than the U.S. But, and let me go back to something you brought up because the single payer system has been often mentioned, and people often mention that in the context of government intrusion into the lives. Insurance companies determine the type of care when we can see how much we pay in this country. But what happens in Canada, there is a single payer, but it is privately delivered health care. So the profit motive is simply not is absent in Canada, unlike the U.S. So it is publicly funded health care and publicly delivered health care. Physicians don't work for the government, unlike the British system, the NHS, the National Health Service, where everybody works for the government. So it is a very different type of system than what you'll find in the U.K. And I should say this, too, that international studies that have been done by the Commonwealth Fund that have actually surveyed large numbers of people across across industrialized countries over and over again show that Canadians by far are more happy with their system, are more satisfied with the health care they get there than in the U.S. That's a very important point. And do you think that when they talk about the payments and taking the financial incentives out of the equation in your research, is that a key driver as to 
its efficiencies? Let me respond in a slightly different way to that. And that is, there's a heavier reliance on primary care providers than in Canada. We have, unfortunately, a much smaller fraction of our healthcare providers in primary care. And by primary care, I mean family docs, general internal medicine, etc. They have the opposite situation. Over half, close to 60% of all their healthcare providers are primary care. Many of the primary care providers in Canada do a lot of chronic disease management are probably better trained at doing primary care disease management. We rely far more on specialists. But as you know from other studies, there was a group out of Dartmouth that looked at the effects of, you know, wherever you find in this country heavier concentration specialists, the outcomes aren't any better than what you might find in areas with fewer specialists. They've compared South Dade, for instance, the Miami area with other parts of the country. So specialists don't really improve population health. But what we see in Canada is that the system is more efficient and uh, better at managing, I think, chronic condition for the population as a whole because it's based on the primary care model. It's interesting that you're bringing this up because all of a sudden, you know, on the U.S. side of the equation, suddenly that is the big push. Okay, let's do preventative care. Let's encourage people to be seeing their doctors. Let's do more wellness. Let's do all these things and give people financial incentives to do it, whether it be a gift card from Target or a free health club membership. And they don't have any of that up there, and they're already doing it. They're already doing it. It's because the government has stepped in. In many other countries, the government has decided that we want half, if not 60% of all physicians to be primary care physicians as opposed to specialists. You know, very few medical students want to go into primary care. The pay is lower in terms of the pecking order. You know, it's below. How much are we talking dollars difference? Uh, we're talking about, uh, I don't have those figures with me, but... Like 125000 for a primary care doctor in the U.S., they'd be making less than 100000 up there. Exactly, less than 100000 If that's your question, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. But again, let me just add this point, because unlike the U.S., the Canadian Medical Association, CMA, seems to be very supportive and has been over the years supportive of the Canadian healthcare system. There is a strong support for the Canadian system. There's also strong support and opposition to the intrusion or the, you know, incursions, perhaps, of privatized care. They frown upon the notion of privatization of healthcare. They frown upon the idea that because you have uh, deep pockets, you can jump the queue as we do all the time. We just assume that if, you know, it's like owning a house, you get what you can afford. So unlike the Canadians, we basically jump the queue all the time and believe that it can be handled and treated like any other commodity in our society. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Dr. Mark Kaplan, who has been our guest. We've been talking about Canadian health care and, quite frankly, some of the misnomers and some of the political spin that people hear is not true. And there are some good things going up from our neighbors to the north that perhaps the U.S. system might even learn from. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I've been your host, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160 the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please check us out at www.reachmd.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.